0: Welcome to the Bible questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible.
1: My name is Jeff and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Welcome to the Bible questions podcast. My name is Brian and along with me is Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing this morning?
0: Doing well and uh, looking forward to our uh, continued discussion of some of the uh, questions we've been getting recently.
1: Yeah, we, uh, this is part two of a two-part series where we're looking at some questions that have been submitted within the last month or two to give our listeners an idea of the variety of questions that we get and, and really just to kind of share specifically the questions that uh, people have submitted recently. So Jeff, in our first episode, uh, we looked at questions like, you know, if God doesn't interfere in the will of man, uh, if we choose to sin according to the lust of our flesh, how can we stop doing it? Uh, we also looked at the question of, you know, what is the meaning of Christ's death? Uh, we considered uh, the question after a Christian dies, what happens to our spirit? And uh, and then we also finished up with, you know, talking about what does the Bible say about the death penalty? I'll encourage everyone to listen, if you haven't, to part one, and uh, you'll get answers uh, from the Bible about those questions. So, Jeff, I guess what we're going to pick up today is, is a question that you have for me.
0: You know, there's part of me that wants to say it's very controversial. And yet, in some ways, the controversy is behind us, so to speak. Uh, Naomi writes in. and She says, what does God say about gay people?
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting in, in society as a whole. And I would say this is really globally, not just here in the United States. This has become really a polarizing, certainly a political um, just a very sensitive issue uh, for many, because on the surface, you know, uh, homosexuality back in the 50s and 60s, for many, it was shameful. It was something they refused to even bring out. Uh, but now it's like 180 degrees the opposite. Uh, we have parades. People are, are happy to let you know that they're homosexual. Uh, but ultimately, as as Naomi asked, and it's the appropriate question, well, what does God say about it? Homosexuality, right? Gay people, and the Bible says that those who are homosexual are considered unrighteous, and they're you know those who practice uh, this behavior are listed with several other types of sinners, if you will, uh, who the Bible says will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, so, Jeff, can you read First uh, Corinthians chapter six, verses nine and ten for us, and we'll see what it says there?
0: Okay. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God.
1: And depending on which translation you uh, read, you know, some translations will say, you know, adulterer, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind. For instance, if you were to look at the uh, King James Version, uh, and also the American Standard uh, says that as well. Uh, Whereas if you look at like the New American Standard, the New King James, it uses this term uh, homosexuals, um, also effeminate and, and so forth. And so, You know, in fact, uh, one other, and that's uh, NIV, uses male prostitutes. It says, nor homosexual offenders. So while, the depending on the translation you use, may read differently, uh, it's clearly talking about those who are homosexual. And so uh, we also see in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 27, and we won't read that whole section, but I'll encourage our listeners to take a look at that. Uh, We see there that homosexuality is condemned uh, there as well. So if you look in that section, you'll see that Paul here, uh, certainly the Holy Spirit through Paul is discussing how the wrath of God is reserved for those who are ungodly and unrighteous. And he states in this section of scripture that God allowed these unrighteous people to be given over to their perverted passions. In other words, God has made us what we call free moral agents. He's given us free choice. If we want to go down this path, so to speak, God's going to allow it. He's not going to stop us because otherwise We wouldn't have that free choice, if you will. Uh, But if you look here, we'll just look at verses 24 through 27. Notice here it says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this reason... God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men commit committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So this covenant that we live under today, the law of Christ Makes it very clear that this is not only prohibited, but I I think it's you know the description here that the Holy Spirit uses uh, doesn't leave anything to doubt, right? Women exchange their natural use, so God, you know, obviously created woman to be a helpmeet, to be a partner for man, and the natural use of a man and woman is to what we call procreate, right? To have children uh, to create a family relationship. That's a husband, a wife, and children. Uh, he goes on to say, you know, likewise, the men leaving the natural use of the woman, which once again, as, as we just described, uh, instead they burn in their lust for one another and then men with men committing what is shameful. So pretty clear there, isn't it? In, In fact, you know, even if we go back and look at Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, You know, some might say, I've heard the argument, Jeff, where they're like, well, yeah, under the old law, it was condemned, but not under the law of Christ. Well, that's not true, as we just read. But also, you know, Jude 7 talks about how Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed for their homosexuality as an example to anyone who might commit that same sin today. So here in Jude 7, it says, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And we read uh, under the uh, Old Testament in in the, the section about, you know, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, that God specifically destroyed them because they went after strange flesh. It was an abomination to him. And so he wiped them off the face of the earth. I think that's pretty powerful it uh, gives us an idea of what God thinks of that. One final passage here, Jeff, and I'll ask you uh, to read it if you wouldn't mind, Second Peter 3, uh, 9 through 11, where it talks about you know how God loves all of mankind, including those who are gay or homosexual, and he wants all to be saved. So uh, that's important for us to understand as well. So
0: starting with verse 9 of Second Peter 3, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct
1: and godliness? So what we see here beginning in verse nine is that God wants everyone to be saved. The the man that's a drunkard the husband that cheats on his wife, the homosexual, anyone who's a sinner in general, God does not want them to be lost. And we should consider any time that we have between now and when the judgment day comes as God's long suffering towards us to give us time to repent because he does not want us to perish as we see in verse 9. Why? Well, because verse 10 says there will be a judgment day. And when that happens, everything is going to melt and burn with fervent heat and the earth will be burned up. So that, in other words, there will no longer be time to repent once this happens. And then verse 11, therefore, right, since this will happen, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? In other words, how should you be living? Make sure that you're prepared for this judgment day. So ultimately it requires a change in our conduct if we're gay, uh, if we're a drunkard if we're anything, right, as a sinner, uh, requires us to change. It requires us to repent of that sin, to, to confess our belief in Jesus, and ultimately to be baptized for the forgiveness of those sins. And then God will remember those sins no more. We can now walk in the Lord with being pure and justified before him, and God no longer even looks at your past. Now you can focus on serving him faithfully, and so that's the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of the promise that God has given us with the forgiveness of sins. There's, there's also, you know, as far as this idea of, of turning to the Lord, just want to point our listeners under our topic section to a whole page, right, Jeff, on the steps to salvation, where they can really learn about God's plan and all the specifics regarding that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting in our lifetimes, you know, in, in a few short decades, what has gone from being a social taboo has now been elevated to the point of not only of being tolerated uh but endorsed celebrated if you will and that the things that we have been talking about here are now starting to be labeled as hate speech right uh and people are you know speaking out saying well you know we are you know, hateful, mean-spirited, homophobic, et cetera. You know, we've seen the rise of gay rights, uh, the LGBTQ plus uh, movement, et cetera, within society, again, within, you know, a relatively few short decades. Not only in the world, Brian, but as you were aware, and probably many of our listeners, you know, that has come into various religious groups as well. You know, there are now gay-friendly churches. There are people that will uh, allow, you know, practicing homosexuals as their clergy or their their uh, priest or their father or their uh, pastor, or et cetera. Uh, certainly, it's been recognized. Uh, uh, within the United States, you know, legally, you know, in terms of, you know, initially gay unions, now gay marriage, et cetera. So it's, it's kind of become the uh, mainstream. And that's why I say in many ways, in many ways, the controversy is somewhat behind us because, uh, you know, at least nationally, socially, whatever the, 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 arguments are, been put out there. And as a society, we've, we've moved on. Uh, and for, you know, people like you and me to, to come around and say, well, the Bible says that the practicing homosexuality is a sin you know, that's like, boy, who, who are you and who gave you the right to say such a thing and such an anachronistic, you know, old fashioned, definitely out of step uh, and maybe even subject to legal action uh, as hate speech. And one of the things yeah, that's the wanna...
1: scary part, isn't it? that, well, that it is. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> we're, we're simply expressing what the Bible teaches. It's not like a personal opinion, but right. we support what the Bible teaches.
0: Now, one thing I do want to add just for a sense of balance is what we've been saying gives absolutely no room to go out and beat up gay people physically to uh, abuse them, to persecute them, to, you know, make fun of them or, you know, you name it, right? Because I know back in the, you know, the 80s and the 90s, there were cases where you know, straight white guys would go out and find a queer, quote unquote, to go beat up on. Well, that's wrong. Let's just say that that's just sinful, wrong, et cetera.
1: Yeah, and the backlash to that was it it led to this turning into hate speech, right? And and that's the sad part about that is it's really sullied, if you will, what the Bible says about it, you know, as it relates to the truth.
0: Uh, The other thing I'll mention is Uh, And, and again, it's, it's, it's the proper balance sort of thing. Some people will say, well, Jeff and Brian, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you know, gays and lesbians and transsexuals and transgenders and bisexuals and whatever, you know, they're, they're, they're basically, you know, evil people. Well, in terms of the sin and the practice, yes. But yet at the same time, some of these same people are doing some of the same things that 1 Corinthians chapter 6 condemns, because they see nothing wrong with living with their girlfriend or their boyfriend in a heterosexual relationship, or they see nothing wrong in committing adultery while they're married to someone else. And, you know, that seems to be somewhat okay, but homosexuality is wrong. Well, time out, 1 Corinthians 16, or 1 Corinthians 6, I'm sorry, condemns both. So, a know, sin is a
1: sin is a sin right <laughs> so,
0: no exactly and and if if you want to put an even sharper point on the uh, on this particular topic, even the lustful things and looking at you know pornography, etc, you know lust begins in the heart that's condemned by the scriptures as well. So you know for people to openly speak out about homosexuality according to what the Bible says, okay good. But also look in the mirror, too, because the same scripture that condemns homosexual behavior also condemns fornication, and adultery, lust, etc. And again, point our uh, listeners back to our website for your uh, additional information on this particular topic under H for
1: homosexuality. Okay, our next question comes from Jiva, And Jeeva asks, when I have a faith, why should I take medicines to cure me of my disease?
0: And certainly, that is a a good question, um, because on on a on a surface level or initial level, if you were to say, well, you know, I believe in God, firm believer in God, God's all powerful, you know, God will take care of me, you know, am am I showing the weakness of my faith by you know reverting to doctors, medicines, surgery, etc. And certainly at a, at, a, at a base level, you know, the Bible does say that we need to take care of ourselves, need to take care of our bodies. And of course, we can see that in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, uh, similarly in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 28 through 29. And certainly these verses would say it would be wrong to abuse our bodies, to mistreat our bodies. And honestly, I would assert that would include failing to seek medical care when such is both available and needed kind of add to that a little bit uh, the scriptures you know acknowledge that being a physician uh, an actual uh, doctor uh, is a legitimate occupation and we see that in luke chapter 5 verse 31 and in colossians 4 verse 14 and while on the one hand it's certainly scriptural to pray for health and to approach god in prayer if we're ill or diseased or facing cancer or a loved one's facing cancer or whatever the case may be. But I think we also need to recognize that any kind of quote-unquote miraculous healing gifts of the Holy Spirit, being able to miraculously heal someone, raise them from the dead, uh, etc., was limited to the uh, early church uh, limited to to basically the first century or to the infancy of the early church according to first corinthians chapter 13. now i know for some of our listeners that may sound weird you know based on modern claims of faith healing you know miracle working speaking in tongues healing the sick uh curing cancer uh, miraculously etc so it it may sound weird Uh, So what I would suggest our audience do um, is go to our website uh, under the letter M for the topic of miracles, likewise P for prayer. Uh, Brian, I might also mention that relatively recently, at least when this podcast uh, is aired, there was a a previous podcast that our our preacher Alan uh, did with us uh, on the subject of miracles. And modern day claims of miracles. So I would certainly encourage our listeners, likewise, to you know, roll back a few podcasts, you know in the list and uh, notice that one as well. Brian, any other thoughts?
1: Yeah, there are certainly, you know religions out there, Christian scientists is one that comes to my mind that you know believe that <clears throat> when you have faith, there's no need to take medicine, that we should just put it all in God's hands. And as you pointed out, Uh, The Bible makes it clear we have some responsibilities here. And no doubt God can bless us through prayer. He can answer through prayer. Uh, But certainly uh, we don't ever read, right? Or, you know, the Bible certainly doesn't teach that just rely on your faith only. If you've been in a car accident, if God wants you to live, he's going to heal you. Otherwise, you'll die. The the Bible doesn't teach that.
0: Right. Well, and and the other thought I'll I'll put out there is, you know, God could have said okay as part of the new covenant with christians you know i'm going to give them ongoing continuous miraculous ability and you know they'll never get sick they'll never get cancer i mean if you wanted to you could say they'll never die they'll be immortal uh they'll live forever under this new thing um you know anything they do will be miraculously blessed et cetera um uh, you know no need for medicine no need for drugs no need for dialysis no need for chemotherapy etc he could have done it that way but evidently he wants us to have our faith based more in him based more on the scriptures based more on the available evidence than being able to just miraculously every day you know i stub my toe and miraculously fix it or i break my leg and i miraculously fix it or get my leg amputated and miraculously fix it so,
1: throw that out there as well. Yeah, one one other final thought real quick for me on this and that is you know I kind of find this fascinating in the sense that when we look in the first century we look at the the medicines that were offered then you know I mean they used you know herbs and oils and so forth to to help people and because of modern technology we have so many different ways to treat different ailments like with cancer it could be immunotherapy where your you know your body's energized to fight uh, the cancer or you know things like chemotherapy and you know there's also we can fall into a, a belief that once again the bible doesn't mandate or, or even talk about and that is you know are we obligated to always seek out the most modern medicine to do everything we can to keep us alive Uh, The Bible doesn't say anything about that. And, you know, it's a choice. And so somebody says, you know, I don't want to take chemotherapy, Uh, even if they're not saying that I'm just going to put it in God's hands, but they're just saying, I don't trust it. Or, you know, I want to try a different, you know, natural healing or whatever. That's fine. Uh, And so just just wanted to put that out there because there there can also be this, this false notion that you always need to do everything you can that's offered to stay alive so that you can be a servant of the Lord and working for him. Bible doesn't teach that aspect of it, does it?
0: Yeah, and, and you know that's a good point. And you know, we could have a probably an entire podcast talking about you know medical ethics and you know right to die and uh, physician assisted suicide and you know all of, all of that. But I, but I think you, you raise a good point because yeah, I know with um, you know people with elderly parents, you know mine included, and I think yours as well you know there comes a point where we have to ask ourselves you know are we you know promoting life or are we basically prolonging the dying process uh, and i know that's a, that's a painful discussion to have but i know i had it with my doctors my, my dad's uh physicians uh on that subject and at what point do you switch from trying to fix the problem to giving what is often called comfort care to ease their and i don't mean to kill them but I mean, you know, things like, you know, pain, reducing medications and, and such to, to ease their, uh, ease their passing. And it would be a very personal thing. And I know we're kind of getting <laughs> pretty far away from the actual original question, but it certainly is related and certainly a very emotional topic as well. Okay. Uh, so, again, moving on to our next question, we've got one from Betty, a very different question. I just want, and and this is kind of typical of a number of different questions we get to the website. Betty writes, "I just want to start a relationship with God. How do I do that?"
1: Yeah, and you're right. This kind of represents a, a group of questions or a class of questions where you know sometimes people will write this or they'll say, "Hey, I want to learn more about the Bible. What what do I need to do?" And it's a great question. Exactly. Certainly uh, commend Betty and others who really desire to know more about God. And and so. You know, really, it starts with learning the will of God for mankind. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's very important because we live in a world today, certainly uh, going using the Catholic Church as an example, where, you know, they, they try to make this distinction between what they call clergy and laity. So that if you have this local priest at this uh, church that you attend, You know, you're pretty much taught that the priest is the one who has the knowledge, you just need to listen to what the priest says. Or in a lot of denominations today, we see that there is one man, often called a pastor, uh, certainly not the biblical definition of a pastor or an elder, but one man that kind of does everything. And by default, many assume that those who are in leadership positions within the church are the most knowledgeable. And no doubt when it comes to an evangelist, when it comes to a biblical elder, uh, yeah, there's a requirement there that they know the scriptures. I mean, it only makes sense, right? If they're going to teach it, that they have knowledge of it. But the danger is that you know, many can just simply rely on what they hear in the pulpit on Sundays or what somebody tells them the Bible teaches. And if they don't actually take time to understand what the will of the Lord is, then it's so easy. To be led astray and so you know basically you need to read and study the bible and you know that can be a daunting task can't it jeff i mean we have a lot of books you have the old testament the new testament and and so we have a couple episodes that we recorded to kind of help everyone along that line so episodes 25 and 26 we focused on how to properly study the bible and if you go through that episode or those two episodes what you'll notice is that we talk about, you know, as you study the Bible, there are some very important things to understand. One is, you know, the Bible is our sole source of authority uh, as far as what we practice. And we have to start with the respect for the scriptures so that when we read something that we may not agree with or that we that we may not understand, we don't reject it out of hand. And so there's a process of what we call establishing authority. You know, you need to consider who is being spoken to. Uh, the context, so on and so forth. So there's several principles that are important to apply to make sure that when you do study God's Word, you're doing so properly so that you have a proper and accurate understanding of what God's will is. And so we offer through our website to kind of help you with that process, maybe a good starting place is to sign up for our free Bible Basics course. And so on our homepage, you'll see right near the top, it references this course, the ABC ABCs of the Gospel, if you will, and uh, it's an eight-course series that you can actually take online where you read through the material, answer the questions that are related to that specific lesson, you click Submit, it sends it to us, uh, we grade it, and we send you back the link to the next lesson. And then as a part of that process, we're more than happy to have some ongoing dialogue. So as you go through a lesson, if you have a question or there's something that's confusing. You know, in addition to answering those questions, you're more than welcome. You'll see there's a spot in there where you can ask additional questions. And we're more than happy to have, uh, you know, kind of an email exchange back and forth to clarify or to answer any questions that you have. So, Jeff, at a basic level, that's what I how I would answer that, you know, is one of the best ways to start a relationship with God.
0: All right. And I would say that's a good answer. You know, it's interesting and it may be obvious, but I want to point it out even the concept of having a relationship with god in some ways kind of boggles the mind if you think in terms of you know having some kind of a ongoing relationship with the supreme being with the creator of the universe and the fact that he would even care so to speak, you know, about humanity on this, in essence, a tiny speck of dust in the vast, you know, cosmos of these, of universe uh, that he is interested in us, cares about us, wants a relationship with us, and we can have a relationship with him. You know, that just, in my mind, just boggles the imagination. Uh, and, And that this relationship, as you know, we try to emphasize is indeed a intellectual relationship built on knowledge and reading and studying and understanding and learning and being a follower and yet at the same time is also based on an emotional uh, connection you know wanting to you know love god or love jesus uh, and, and yearning for that relationship so you know both both of those components um, and the fact that we can have that kind of a relationship with the Almighty uh, is just very humbling.
1: Yeah, it's hard to comprehend, like you say, isn't it, that God knows each one of us. He knows what we need. He wants us to pray to him. Uh, wow. that's Yeah, that's that's a fascinating uh, benefit, if you will, or blessing, I guess I should say, uh, from, from the Lord. Indeed. All right, so the next question we have comes from Jen. And she asks or says, amidst our situation today, and and not sure exactly what she might be referring to there, but anyhow, her question is, how will you inspire and strengthen the hope of people to look forward for the new heavens and the new earth?
0: And Brian, I think that's kind of a class or representative of a class of questions. Because we've received, uh, as I think we said earlier in an earlier part of this short series, you know, uh, again, we're this is being recorded in relatively early 2021, you know, things about the COVID pandemic, right? And a lot of people are suffering from the illness. A lot of people are suffering from uh, lockdowns. A lot of people are suffering from the economic, you know, lack of income. Uh, uncertainty about the future you name it you know and a lot of people have you know lost loved ones uh, etc and we get a lot of questions honestly to the website about you know suffering trials temptation and if God is so powerful so loving how, why does he let it happen you know why does he let the you know, the, the father abused the children. Why does he let the mass murder go around? Why does he permit, you know, these viruses to, you know, kill millions of people, et cetera. Um, And a lot of people will say, well, you know, since God's in charge, God's in control, therefore God's to blame. Right. And and make that leap, (laughs) if you will. But where we, I think we kind of have to start is understanding that while God is ultimately in control, that there are a variety of reasons why, quote, unquote, bad things happen. I mean, sometimes it's just natural laws and the forces of nature, you know, gravity and tornadoes and floods and, you know, bacteria and viruses, et cetera. I mean, if, if you step off a building, gravity is going to punish you, <laughs> right? Just natural, you know, natural laws. Uh, and we can kind of see that in Acts verse twenty, uh, Acts chapter 27. Sometimes people are in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, just do random chance, you know, getting struck by lightning in a train wreck, car crash, whatever, Luke 13, four, sometimes people will commit sin and will personally suffer as a natural consequence. I mean, if you think in terms of drunkenness and drug abuse and sexually transmitted diseases, et cetera, uh, James one verses 12 through 15. Uh, sometimes the innocent get impacted by the sins of others. Uh, you know, children of divorcing parents or victims of drunken drivers, et cetera. You know, Matthew 26, uh, beginning of verse 20. Sometimes it's just because we live in a world that has suffered the effects of Adam and Eve's sin, right? Not that we're to blame, but that's just, you know, the the consequences that we have to live in, uh, live under. Genesis chapter three. Uh, sometimes we suffer because of standing up for what's right. You know, James chapter one, verses two, Hebrews 12, beginning verse with verse one. You know, bottom line is a lot of different reasons. So you can't just say, well, God's always to blame, right? Now, from an encouragement perspective, yes, there is a lot of encouragement we can get from a variety of different perspectives. Brian, for starters, why don't you read Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14
1: through 16. Here it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we certainly have, you
0: know, this comfort uh, that even though he is deity, Jesus understands us and, you know, understands what we go through. Because, you know, he became, you know, and come to this world, you know, dwelt in a human body, understand what it means to be human, you know, suffering all the daily things that, uh, you know, we tend to suffer. And so, so certainly he can uh, empathize, sympathize and empathize, you know, with our weaknesses. You know, we certainly can have verses that will give us, you know, uh, help build our faith and our trust. Uh, Psalms 23, you know, the Lord's my shepherd as an example. Um, you know, we can have hope passages like Galatians 5, 5, uh, Titus 1, 2, you know, hope of eternal life, uh, Hebrews 6, uh, 18 through 20, you know, the, the hope that's set before us, you know, eternal life, heaven and the afterlife, etc. Uh, Revelation 2, verse 10, you know, the encouragement to be faithful until death jesus will give us a crown of life etc we can also have some encouragement you know regardless of how bad things are going on around us that we have forgiveness of sin you know first corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. Um, regardless of what's going on around about us you know we can have a proper perspective uh matthew chapter 6 for instance about material things and not necessarily becoming overly anxious about what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Where's our next paycheck coming from, et cetera. That God knows everything that that we need um, and that we need to put him and his righteousness first. Um, And again, you know, proper perspective, even on, you know, trials and and tribulations. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, very useful verse. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. For God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. Um, Likewise, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And, you know, admittedly, over the last 12 months, (laughs) there has been a lot of testing (laughs) of our faith in terms of, you know, being uh, potentially concerned you know, physically, economically, socially, I mean, you name it. And yeah, it's been you know, pronounced because of the pandemic, but these kinds of things, uh, are always going on. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, a loved one gets sick or gets cancer, you know, how are we going to respond to that? Or, or we lose a loved one or we lose our job, you know, you, I mean, you name it, there, there's a lot of different, uh, challenges. And certainly the scriptures do give us a lot of tools, if you will, for coping with these challenges. Uh, First one I think that comes to my mind is prayer. Uh, Brian, if you would, can you go ahead and read uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 for our listeners?
1: Uh, Yes, here it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.
0: So it was interesting. You mentioned the, uh, the, the previous question we had about developing a relationship with God. You know, certainly prayer <laughs> is, is part of that intellectual and emotional relationship. You know, that we can pour out our thoughts, uh, our needs, our concerns, our requests, you know, to God uh, and know that, you know, when we're faithful that he certainly does listen. You know, another tool for coping, candidly, fellow Christians. Hebrews chapter 10 verses, uh, in the context of, uh, verses 23 through 25 talks about holding fast the confession of our hope, you know, consider how to stimulate one another, you know, to love and good deeds. It talks about not forsaking your own assembling together. Again, fellow Christians, banding together local congregations to encourage, you know, one another to, you know, keep on keeping on as, as the saying goes, uh, in fact, even even Paul kind of recognized that. Second Corinthians chapter one uh, verses three through five, uh, where through the Spirit he writes, "Blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in, in which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ." You know, we have not only fellow Christians living, but we also have the, you know, the, the previous faithful, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, you know, examples of, of righteousness and faithfulness, regardless of their circumstances. Uh, the other thing I might mention in terms of, you know, trials and, uh, trials and tribulations and, and suffering and, and hope of, uh, of heaven, et cetera. And it's kind of a practical thing. And that's Christians who are trying to walk in the light of God's word and do what God, you know, tells them to do often, not always, but often will tend to avoid a lot of the problems and heartaches and pitfalls that unbelievers will stumble into. And so with, with a lot of the wisdom in the scriptures, you know, we will, uh, we will avoid, you know, some of the activities and some of the places that really give people a lot of grief. Right. I don't have to think in terms of like, you know, going down to the local bar, and getting drunk and getting into a fight and getting stabbed, you know, out in front, because, you know, and, you know, that as an example, or uh, getting involved with drug abuse or getting involved with organized crime, et cetera. A lot of things where the scriptures say, hey, watch out, don't go there. Don't do that. Because if you do, you're going to create, you're not, to, you are not only going to sin, but you're also going to bring a lot of heartache potentially on yourself and or your family, et cetera. So there's there's that kind of a, a comfort, if you will, uh, as well, that if we, if we do what's right, we will tend to physically in this life uh, avoid a lot of heartache. Brian, I know I've been talking quite a while. Any, uh, any th- other thoughts you want to add to that?
1: Well, very, very good thoughts. I appreciate you covering that uh, so thoroughly. It was good. You know, I, I was thinking about as you were going through this, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. And, and certainly when it comes to mankind, our tendencies when you look at uh, different you know, societies, it's very cyclical. And I, you know, I was thinking about when Jesus came to this earth, the Jews were going through a lot of persecution. And you know, eventually by AD 70, all of Jerusalem would be destroyed. There would be mass slaughter. And so Jesus came onto the scene, so to speak, during a very difficult and trying time for the Jews. And, you know, what he offered them in in chapters like Matthew chapter 25, we can read about this, you know, he offered them the hope of eternal life. And one of the things that he emphasized when he was on this earth is to really focus on the eternal. And when you think about our life, let's say we live to be 100 years old, you know, that in the context of eternity is a really small period of time. And so one of the things that Jesus continually did was to encourage his disciples to remain faithful because they have that hope of eternal life. And Jesus basically said, you can't really comprehend how great heaven's going to be. And and so therefore, hang in there and realize that you're looking for this blessed hope. You're looking for something far greater. And basically saying, I can assure you that it will be much better than you can imagine. And so therefore, endure these difficulties while you're here on this earth.
0: Good point. Well, and, and this particular subject is, is kind of a broad one, and I say that because for additional information, I was looking across our website for topics to recommend uh, that, that people would go to. And there I found several, candidly, uh, under H for hope and heaven, under P for perseverance and prayer, under S for salvation, suffering, and even suicide and under t for trials so uh, many faceted subject and lots of different sub topics in our website that our listeners can go to for getting additional uh, information on this particular uh, area
1: excellent all right jeff so this wraps the questions uh, that we uh have received recently and as jeff touched on in part one you can go to our website there's an ask a question button there and uh, Jeff, I don't know what number we're at, but I, you know, there's over a thousand questions that we've previously answered, right? So I, most folks go and look by category and they can even do a search maybe by some keywords and there's a good chance they might find that the question they have has already been answered,
0: right? Certainly. And that uh, that search feature you mentioned is, is on the homepage kind of in the upper right corner, uh, at least in a normal uh, a browser window that you can, you know, again, keyword search. Of course, there's a lot of things arranged by various uh, topics as well, Uh, as well as there are a lessons section as well that contains uh, previous uh, classroom uh, material. Uh, Sometimes it's in PDF form. Sometimes it's also in audio form. Uh, Certainly there are sermons that go back, uh, you know, several years that people can avail themselves of. A lot of material, lots of material, and, and even if, even in light of the fact, there's a lot of material. If you still can't find what you're looking for, um, as we've alluded to, there's the ask a question feature that you can easily, you know, type up your question. You know, if you want to, you can put your your first and last name. That's optional. Uh, you definitely need to put your email in there though, uh, and make sure it's accurate because uh, we can't respond if if the email's not good. But that does allow you to ask whatever you might, you know, in terms of a, a spiritual a question related to God and the Bible and salvation and being righteous uh, to help you on your walk with God.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people today use mobile browsers as well. And, and you mentioned on the regular browser, you know, it's up upper right-hand corner. Uh, if somebody pulls it up in a mobile browser, they'll notice that search box is right at the very top of the page. And then if you click on that little three-line menu and you choose topics, there's an alphabetical index. So you know, if you want to look at F for faith or B for baptism, that's a really easy way to do it. Or you could just type in at that search box, you know, F for faith or B, or I mean, the word faith, I guess I should say, and, and baptism. And not only will it go to that, you know, show you everything in that section, but anything on the site, you know, that's been indexed that has information about that you can find. So I think our, our listeners, Jeff, will find that the, as you pointed out, the Bible uh, site, our, our Bible question site is comprehensive, not just for answering questions, but tons of study material and other reference material that will help them in their, their study.
0: Right. And as we always like to emphasize, you know, don't take our word for it. You know, yes, listen, which we appreciate, you know, go to the website, read, which we certainly appreciate, but open your Bibles and you know, dig into the word. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of learn for yourself and, and then have the, uh, if you will, the moral courage to actually put it into
1: practical application on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered. And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.